0: Welcome to journeywithjesus.net, a weekly webzine for the global church. I'm Daniel B. Clendenin. My essay this week is called Favorite Films of 2016. It's for Sunday, January the 1st, 2017. And Happy New Year from Journey with Jesus. In his 1986 book, Sculpting in Time, The Russian filmmaker Andrei Tarkovsky says that, quote, the allotted function of art is not, as is often assumed, to put across ideas, to propagate thoughts, or to serve as an example. No, the aim of art is to prepare a person for death, to plow and harrow his soul, rendering it capable of turning to good. So, in our annual tradition every year at this time, Here are 10 films from our 2016 reviews that plowed my soul and, I pray, rendered it capable of turning to good. If you go to our website, you'll notice that the blue hot links take you to my full movie review. And don't forget, you can search Journey with Jesus' 750 film reviews that come from 104 countries by title or by country just use the drop-down menu under Film at the top of any page. And so, in alphabetical order, here are ten favorite films from 2016. Number one, The Black Panthers, Vanguard of the Revolution. This PBS documentary commemorates the 50th anniversary of the founding of what was originally called the Black Panther Party for Self-Defense in Oakland. And as that name implies, the Black Panther Party was founded to monitor police behavior in order to stop police brutality. Number two, debt of honor, disabled veterans in America. For the most part, we try to forget about our wars or hide the horrible consequences of war. Whereas the disabled veterans who come home after the war are a symbol and reminder of the horrific human cost of war, physical, psychological, emotional, and surely spiritual. This one-hour PBS documentary starts with the American Revolution, and then, war by war, shows how our country's treatment of our disabled veterans has evolved. Number three, Father Joseph. This movie is from Haiti. This film tells the remarkably inspiring story of the Haitian priest, Father Joseph Philippe, who was born into a peasant family, studied in the United States, and then returned to minister to his own people in the isolated mountain community of Fondois, where 90% of the people had no electricity or water. But that was before Father Joseph started 30 years of sustainable development. Number four, finding Vivian Meyer. In the winter of 2007, the photographer John Malouf paid $380 at an auction for a suitcase full of photography negatives that he hoped to use for a book project about Chicago. But that project never materialized because ever since then he has been unraveling the mystery of Vivian Meyer, 1926-2009. to 2009. An unknown street photographer who took those pictures The critical consensus is that Vivian Meyer is one of the most important photographers of her time, even though she never published, or in many cases, even developed, her film. Number five, Knight of Cups. Even those who admire the work of director Terrence Malick can feel ambivalent about his films. One of my viewing partners said, that was a long two hours. Well, maybe that's no surprise for a movie with no script and no dialogue, only improvisations based upon character descriptions at the beginning of each day's shoot. There's no linear narrative in Night of Cups, just a succession of dreamy film fragments with whispery voiceovers. Number six, The Revenant. This period piece by the Mexican director, producer, and writer Alejandro González Iñárritu led all movies with 12 Oscar nominations in 2016. It also won Golden Globes for Best Picture, Best Actor, and Best Director. Leonardo DiCaprio stars as a 19th century fur trapper, named Hugh Glass. Number seven in alphabetical order, Spotlight. This historical drama tells how in 2001, a Boston Globe investigative team called Spotlight documented and then published proof that the Catholic Archdiocese in Boston had actively and systematically covered up a massive pedophilia scandal in its churches. Before it was over, similar revelations the world over rocked Catholicism. But to its credit, the movie shows that the truth is not always quite so simple. Number eight, The Testimony. This film comes from the Democratic Republic of Congo. This 28-minute documentary tells the story of the Minova trial, in which 39 Congolese soldiers were accused of systematically raping their own citizens in the village of Manova. The film was shortlisted for the 2000 best, 2015 Best Documentary Short Subject. Number 9. What Happened Miss Simone? This Netflix-produced bio-documentary about the legendary Nina Simone, 1933 to 2003, opened the 2015 Sundance Film Festival and was later shortlisted for a 2016 Oscar for Best Documentary. The director Liz Garbus does many things well in this film the best of which is simply to let us linger, watch, and listen to the legendary blues and jazz artist display her musical genius and her free spirit. And finally, Zero Days. This documentary film by Alex Gibney reviews the history and the collateral damage of the Stuxnet malware that was launched by the United States and Israel against Iran's Natanz nuclear facility back in 2010. The original story is scary enough, and scarier still when you consider that the events it describes took place over six years ago. We can only imagine the advancements in even more vicious cyberware since then. Well, there you go. 10 Favorite Films from 2016. For books this week, I review a title by Alexander Weinstein. It's called Children of the New World, New York, Picador, 2016, 229 pages. The 13 short stories in this collection are all set in a digital dystopia of the not-too-distant future. Indeed, while some of the details might seem far-fetched, others are already with us. The dark techno-future that Alexander Weinstein imagined is a world of eye mail, intercourse with avatars rather than with real human beings, brain fleas, thought ads, and, among other things, a debate about whether consciousness is a private or public right. Real books with paper pages, something ancient like a pen, and, most of all, real-life experiences are old-school relics that are hard to find. In the title story, Children of the New World, parents lament that other life in that other world, and they must delete their children because they contracted a virus, and it's too expensive to repair them. Their friend nonetheless consoles them. If it's any consolation, they were just data. There's catastrophic environmental degradation in these stories. Ski slopes with no snow. Indiana cornfields that are but a distant memory, and that are now sold for their topsoil. With no jobs in suburban neighborhoods that are half-empty, perhaps parents could earn a little money selling images of their adolescent children to online vendors. In the story, Saying Goodbye to Yang, Jim and Kira struggle when their robotic brother to their adopted daughter, Mika, must be recycled or buried in their backyard. There's There's no denying how much he had been an integral part of their family. In the Cartographers, Adam works at a company that makes virtual beamed memories. These fake memories form a life that never happened. Adam meets Cynthia in a coffee shop where ironically she's writing down her real memories in a real book called a diary. She's working hard to stay digitally disconnected And so, when they fall in love, you might imagine the problems. The common denominator in these 13 stories is the deep disconnect between whatever used to be called normal, real life, with all its joys and sorrows, and a techno-life lived digitally, with all its utopian promises and unforeseen consequences. Weinstein's stories reminded me of the novel The Circle by Dave Eggers, and that's an uncomfortable feeling indeed, and even ominous. Once again, a collection of 13 short stories by Alexander Weinstein. It's called Children of the New World. For Movies This Week, I review a documentary called Audrey and Daisy. This deeply disturbing film about sexual violence against adolescent girls premiered at the Sundance Film Festival on January 25th, 2016, and then later in September was purchased and made available on Netflix. It tells two horrific stories. On September 12, 2012, Audrey Pott, a 15-year-old student at Saratoga High School in California, committed suicide several days after she was sexually assaulted while intoxicated and unconscious. And photos of the assault, including images of her nude body, decorated by her assailants with degrading words and images, were circulated via cell phones and online. Her story then went national. Similarly, Daisy Coleman, then 14, and her friend Paige Parkhurst of Maryville, Missouri, were raped while intoxicated. Daisy was left outside in the snow afterward. Her family's home was burned down, and she attempted suicide twice. Her story also went national when the prosecutor dropped charges. These stories and others like them raise troubling questions about our culture which makes it somehow okay for adolescent boys to engage in such violent behavior with near impunity. The role of social media in bullying and shaming, a legal system that doles out light sentences, and the sexualization of adolescent girls. For more on this important issue, I encourage you to see our Journey with Jesus book review of Nancy Jo Sales. The name of the book is called American Girls, Social Media and the Secret Lives of Teenagers. And furthermore, the article about Audrey Pott by Nina Burley in Rolling Stone magazine, it's called Sexting, Shame, and Suicide, September 17, 2013. Once again, the title of the movie, Audrey and Daisy. For Christmas and New Year's poetry, we've posted a poem called Christmas Bells. I heard the bells on Christmas Day, their old familiar carols play, and wild and sweet the words repeat of peace on earth, goodwill to men. And thought how, as the day had come, the belfries of all Christendom had rolled along the unbroken song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. Till ringing, singing on its way, the world revolved from night to day, a voice, a chime, a chant sublime of peace on earth, goodwill to men. Then from each black accursed mouth the cannon thundered in the south, and with the sound the carols drowned of peace on earth, goodwill to men. It was as if an earthquake rent the hearthstones of a continent and made forlorn the households born of peace on earth, goodwill to men. And in despair I bowed my head, There is no peace on earth, I said, for hate is strong and mocks the song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. But then pealed the bells more loud and deep. God is not dead, nor doth he sleep. The wrong shall fail, the right prevail. With peace on earth, goodwill to men. Thank you for joining us. On New Year's Day, Sunday, January 1st, 2017, I'm Daniel B. Clendenin.